Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with part two of a message called Rethinking the Problem of Sin. All right, number four, the fourth definition. Sin is not just selfishness and the opposite of love and the opposite of God. Sin is always unbelief. Unbelief, and specifically, it's an unbelief in who God is. At the root of every sin is, at that moment, I don't trust God. I doubt, I doubt something about God. I'm doubting his love, his compassion, his wisdom, his plan. I'm doubting something about God. Unbelief is behind every sin. It's the root. It's a lack of faith. What I'm saying is I don't trust God in this situation, so I'm gonna have to take it into my own hands, figure it out myself. And Jesus says in John 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and the three purposes that the Holy Spirit is sent to earth. And in verse nine, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will show that the world's sin is unbelief in me. That's the root of all sin. When I don't believe God is who he says he is, and I don't believe that God will do what he says he'll do. Unbelief is the world's big sin. Everything else comes out of that. Now, I could give you several hundred examples of this, and we'd be here a long time. But let me just give you three or four um, there. My sin, whenever I sin, it reveals what I'm doubting about God at that moment. I'll say it again, every time I sin, it reveals what I am doubting, my unbelief, my lack of trust, my lack of faith in God at that moment. For instance, when I become fearful or I become anxious, anytime I become fearful or anxious, you know what I'm revealing? I'm showing my unbelief in God's promises. There are over 7,000 promises in this book and if you claim them, you wouldn't ever be fearful or anxious. It's like knowing what's in the insurance policy. When God says, I'll be with you, I'll help you, I'll encourage you, I'll do, I'll, I'm not gonna let you get harmed, and on and on, then you wouldn't be fearful or anxious. When you become fearful, it's because you're doubting God's promises. And, and remember, we were talking earlier about that, that God is love, and the opposite of God is sin. Well, sin creates fear. But the Bible says there's no fear in love, perfect love casts out all fear. Anytime there's sin in my life, it creates fear. And fear says, I doubt that God will keep his promises. All those things he said in his word. What about when I'm impatient? When I get impatient, and that creates all kinds of problems, what am I doubting? I am doubting God's perfect timing. God has a plan for your life, and his plan, he's not gonna get in a hurry, he's not gonna go too fast, he's not gonna go slow, his timing is perfect. But we often don't believe that. We doubt it, we have unbelief. We say, hey, I'm not getting married as fast as I wanted to get married. I'm not getting my job or promotion as fast as I'm getting married. I want us to have a kid by now. I wanted to be at this level of income by now. Uh, I don't like what's happening here, and so I'm impatient, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands. And when I get impatient, I am doubting God's timing. It's really a matter of unbelief. What about this next one, resentful or bitter? 
Anytime I get resentful or bitter, it means that I am doubting or I am showing unbelief for God's wisdom. God is a wise and good and loving God, and he has a wise and good and loving plan for your life. But you look at it and go, wait a minute. She got a promotion and I didn't. He got married and I didn't. He got the award and I didn't. I don't like my plan, I like their plan. God, you messed up, you screwed up in my life and I'm, I'm resentful and I'm bitter about it. And when I'm resentful and bitter, I'm doubting God's wisdom. And I'm even doubting that he can bring good out of bad. Anybody can bring good out of good, only God can bring good out of bad. But when I doubt that, when I doubt that all of the bad stuff that's happened in my life, and I don't really believe that God can bring good out of it, I get resentful. It is, a cause, it is caused by unbelief. What about carrying guilt? A lot of people carry guilt around. How long should a follower of Jesus Christ be guilty? About one second. That's how long it, it takes to confess a sin once you've done it. Sorry God, that was wrong, please forgive me. Boom, it's gone, it's forgiven. But most people carry guilt around. Some of you are carrying guilt around from a year ago or five years ago or something that happened 20 years ago. God doesn't want you carrying guilt around like that. But what does it mean when I carry guilt around like that? It means I can't forgive myself. Why? Because I doubt God's forgiveness. And that's a sin. Doubting that God has forgiven you is a sin. Because God says, I forgive you instantly, completely, and continuously. And so God doesn't want you carrying guilt around all the time. And, and when you carry around guilt or shame, you're saying, I don't really believe God has forgiven me. It's unbelief. What about when I feel inadequate? When I, when I feel like, you know, I'm just not up to the task. It's, it's too big a deal. Or I don't know for how long I can keep this up. I don't know if I can maintain this standard. I'm, I'm starting to feel inadequate. Anytime you have those feelings of inadequacy, what you're saying is, I doubt God's power. Because God has said, where you're weak, I'll be strong. God has said, I will give you power. My, weakness, my, your, my power shows up best in your weakness. God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God says, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, and on and on and on. Anytime I'm feeling inadequate, it's because I'm doubting that God has the power and that he'll give me the power and that his presence and power will help me sustain it. So it's really all about unbelief. So what's the problem? What is, what's the problem with sin? Why is it, I mean, is it really that big a deal? I mean, maybe it's not that big a deal. Well, let me give you the six problems with it and then we'll look at the solutions. Number one, the first problem uh, is that I was born with a selfish desire to sin. I was born with a selfish desire to sin. That's called my sin nature. Now, everybody knows this if you're a parent because you have examples of it running around at your feet. <laughs> Did any of you parents have to teach your child how to lie? No, they learned it naturally. <laughs> Did any of you have to teach your kids how to be self-centered and want the bigger piece of pie? No, it's natural, okay? Anybody who's a parent knows that human beings have a sin nature, that we want what we want and we wanna be number one. 
and to think of ourselves. Now, the classic passage on this and the struggle that goes on in my brain and your brain is in Romans chapter seven. Paul, who was probably the greatest Christian who ever lived, except for Christ himself, um, says this, Romans chapter seven, verse 14 and 15, verses 17 and 23. Paul says, I feel that I'm a slave to my sinful desires. Sin masters me. This is the guy who's writing the Bible, okay? I don't even understand the things that I do. I wanna do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the wrong things that I don't wanna do. Sound familiar? I can't help myself because of my sinful nature inside me. It's a law at work in me and is at war with my mind. In this series, we're talking about the battle that's going on in your mind and there's a, a, a problem between your old nature and your new nature, between your desire to do the right thing and the, the natural human inclination to do the wrong thing, that given A being right, B being wrong, we typically often choose B. And so he says, the problem is, this is not just a new thing. I was born with this tendency to make the wrong choices. And every one of you could give an example of that. Now, here's the second problem with sin. Sin breaks my fellowship with God. Sin breaks my fellowship with God. Just like it breaks any relationship. Tom, in an earlier service, talked about sin is pretty much a relational issue. You know, if, um, if I hurt Kay's feelings, my wife's feelings, or I say something that's unkind, the air just gets a little chilly in our home. And there, there's a natural break. And if you were to walk in, you go, those guys aren't connected right now. Why? Because when I sin against my wife, it breaks my connection to my wife. Does that make sense? Well, the same is true with God. And, and sin breaks our connection to God. It's why when you pray, you feel like your prayers aren't getting above the ceiling. It's why you say, I, I don't feel God in my life. I can't see God in my life. The Bible says this, Isaiah 59, verse two. Your sins are the roadblock between you and your God. That's why he doesn't answer your prayers or let you see his face. Why you can't feel God's presence in your life. And so we gotta deal with this. What's the problem with sin? Well, I'm born with it, and second, it breaks my fellowship with you, with God, and with, even with myself. I, I don't even know my own identity and, and when I'm messed up that way. Number three, here's the third problem. Every time I sin, something dies inside me. Now, you may not have ever known this, but it's true that every time I sin, something dies inside me. The Bible tells us that sin is a silent killer. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You know that there was no death on this planet until sin entered the world. If Adam and Eve had never sinned, they would have lived on forever. It was like paradise. The Bible says sin and death go together. We're all gonna die because we live in a sinful world and it's broken and we've all done wrong things. We've all sinned. Sin and death go together. Sin is a killer. I want you to write this down on your outline. Sin is self-destructive, okay? It hurts me more than it hurts anybody else. Sin is self-destructive. It's, it's, it's a killer. Something inside me dies. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but in the English word, evil is the exact opposite of live. Evil is live spelled backwards. 
And so in life, you're either gonna L-I-V-E or you're gonna do E-V-I-L. Every time I do E-V-I-L, I'm not living. I'm dying every time I do E-V-I-L. Evil is the opposite of live. That's why Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So it, it, it's connected to, to death. Here's what the Bible says, James chapter one, verse 15. Our evil desires make us sin, and when sin it is finished with us, it leaves us what? Circle that, it leaves us dead. Now I'm not just talking about physical death here. A lot of stuff dies in your life every time you sin. When I sin, my passion for God dies. My, my, my dreams of being close to the Lord die. Uh, my relationships die when I sin. Uh, sin kills your potential. You have enormous potential, but sin kills your potential. Sin kills your joy. Sin kills your rewards in heaven that God wants to give you. Sin kills your true identity. A lot of people that are going around today, I don't even know who I am. What am I? Who am I? What am I supposed to be? What's my identity? Why is your identity clouded? It's clouded by sin. And, you, and we get messed up in that abuse and misuse and you know, aversion and perversion and, and reversion and things like that. And we, we just don't, we don't even know what we are because we're confused. Well, where does that confusion come? Not from God. It comes from, from sin. Sin causes stuff to die with me. You know, this week I, I decided I would just do a survey of the whole Bible and make a list of all the consequences of sin. And I, then I put them in alphabetical order. I'm not gonna read you a whole list because it'd take a long time, but let me just read you a few things that sin does in my life and in yours. A, a to Z, I'll just read some of them. A, sin causes anxiety. It causes alienation. Alienation from God, alienation from other people, even alienation from myself. It causes addiction. B, sin causes broken hearts. We all know that. Broken bodies, broken relationships, and bitterness. C, sin causes compulsions. D, sin causes debt. God gives me money and I misuse it, I get in debt. Sin causes disease. Lots of diseases are caused by sin. Sin causes damaged reputation and death. E, sin causes eternal separation from God in hell. F, sin causes fear. And the more sin I have in my life, the more fear I'm gonna have. Fear of the past, I might be found out. Fear of the present, fear of the future, what's gonna happen? It's connected to fear. That's, remember, there's no fear in love that love is the opposite. G, sin causes guilt. H, sin causes injustice in the world. And we see injustice in our society all the time. It's caused by sin. L, loss of joy, loss of reputation, loss of rewards in heaven. M, sin causes missed opportunities. Missed opportunities, missed blessings. N, the Bible says sin causes national decline and destruction. There are many, many examples in the Bible that nations that are declining and are actually destroyed by their own sins. Many examples of national destruction. Oh, sin causes oppression. 
causes people to oppress each other. P, sin causes pollution of creation. There would be no pollution in our world if we didn't sin. R, sin causes relational conflicts. S, sin causes stress and suffering. Then why in the world would we think sinning is a good idea? It's the opposite of good and it's the opposite of of God. Now here's the fourth thing about sin, write this down. My sin may be a secret, but it's never private. My sin may be a secret, but it's never private. It always affects other people, even if nobody else knows about it. Now, the reason why it's never private is because first, it's gonna eventually be made known. It's gonna come out inevitably. It'll either come out now here on earth or it'll come out at the judgment day, but it's gonna be known. Numbers 32, verse 23 is one of the scariest verses in the Bible. And it says this, you may be sure that your sin will find you out. So you you can't hide it. But the other reason why it's never private is because everything that you do, good or bad, affects other people, even if they don't know what's going on behind it. If I'd stayed up all night and done some really immoral things all night and was up all night and came and spoke to you today, you might not know what I did last time, but you go, you know, Rick's just not on today. He's not very sharp, he's, he's tired, he doesn't have that spark, he's not, it doesn't seem very authentic, doesn't seem very real today. You might not know what was there, but you could see the results. I've said this before, that if I go a couple days without spending time with God alone, reading this book, the Bible, and praying, if I don't have a quiet time for a couple days, I notice the difference in my life. If I went four or five days or a week without doing that, Kay would notice. Because all of a sudden I'm a little more cranky and I'm just more edgy. If I went a month without checking in with God, you would notice. Rick doesn't have the spiritual power in his life he used to have because he's not plugged in, he's not connected. You might not know what's going on, but you would see the results. Everything you do affects other people, all right? The Bible says this in Romans 14, verse seven, up here on the screen. None of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. You know, you'll hear people say, you know, really, what's your problem with this? It's my life. And what I do with my life is between me and myself. And as long as I'm not hurting anybody, why should you care? Well, the issue is you are hurting other people. You don't even realize it, but you are hurting other people because it limits your potential. It limits the good that you can do. And the good that you could have done isn't gonna be done because of the sin in your life. You are hurting other people and everything you do affects other people. That leads me to the fifth one, write this down. Sin does long-term damage. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can help support this ministry. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart. That's worship. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's ministry. That's called the Great Commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them to obey everything I've taught you. That's 
discipleship, and we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's word is filled with hope and truth. And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, or whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me, pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.